From The Conversation, this is Politics with Michelle Grattan, a podcast where Michelle discusses the issues of the day with The Conversation's politics team. Hi, my name's Amanda Dunn. I'm the Politics and Society Editor for The Conversation, and I'm speaking with Michelle Grattan. Hi, Michelle. Hi, Amanda. Michelle, the AUKUS deal that was announced last week has had a very mixed reception in the media, but there haven't been a lot of public rumblings, at least, within government, have there? No, they haven't. Of course, uh, not within government, but uh, an important influence. We had that huge kitting spray last week of the deal, and he had hoped, or does hope, to mobilise the Labor base against it. I think that there will be and are already rumblings among some of the branch members, and there'll probably be some quite strong debate at the ALP National Conference later in the year. But it has been notable that at the caucus level, there's really been minimal dissent. One backbencher, Josh Wilson from the seat of Fremantle in Western Australia, did stand up in Parliament and questioned aspects of the deal. He'd had doubts about whether the nuclear-powered submarines were the best way to go, and he's worried about the uh, disposal of the nuclear waste from them, which will be Australia's responsibility many, many years down the track. There were also some questions in the caucus this week, but the government was anxious to emphasise that these were questions, not dissent from the deal. I think this goes to the wider point that this is really a very quiet caucus. Anyone who remembers, for example, the caucus of the 1980s uh, with some very controversial issues, the left was very vocal. We just don't see that uh, on any front in the caucus these days. So I think much of the debate about the AUKUS deal is actually among the experts outside the immediate uh, political sphere people who are arguing about whether China will be a serious threat to Australia in coming years and also then arguing about the question of if you do think China is a threat, should we become more involved with the Americans to counter that threat or is it better to be more stand back, as it were, from getting further into the uh, American alliance? So it is an issue that's going to rumble on through coming months and indeed years. But for the moment, certainly, Anthony Albanese can be pretty confident that uh, he, he doesn't face any sort of revolt. Given the enormity of the expense of the deal and the time frame of it that will impact on several generations of Australians, do you think there has, in fact, been enough public debate about it? Probably not. And this goes to the question of policy debates in general. Politics and the media's coverage of politics tends these days to revolve around uh, the, the immediate, around tactics, around who's won the day, around personalities. And you don't get such specialised coverage 
of uh, big policy issues. And I think that that has been a fault of of this debate. When the AUKUS deal was uh, initially announced by then Prime Minister Scott Morrison, Labor was very anxious to get quickly on board because Anthony Albanese, as opposition leader, did not want to have a fight on national security. He wanted to make that very much a, a bipartisan issue. So Labor did not open up the AUKUS issue then. And of course, from that, everything else has followed because the opposition was locked into saying, the Labor opposition, that it would support the AUKUS deal. And now, of course, it's taken over that deal. Yeah. All right. And Michelle, on the Voice to Parliament referendum, we're just waiting on the machinery provisions bill to pass through the Senate. What is this bill? Why does it matter? And what can we expect from it? Well, it's the secondary bill, if you like, concerning the referendum. This is fundamentally to update the machinery around referenda. And it's a long time since we've had one and therefore the government wanted to modernise things to bring it into the digital era, if you will. And it's had some difficulty because the opposition has kicked up about the bill and now there has been a compromise. The government didn't want to send out a a yes and no pamphlet, as has been traditionally done. The opposition uh, insisted that that uh, was necessary for its support and the government's given way on that. But Labor has stuck to its position that it won't fund uh, yes and no cases Again, uh, the opposition was unhappy about that, but it's conceded the point. And now we've got this deal. Uh, We will have the pamphlet. We won't have the uh, public funding, but we will have bipartisanship uh, in the, the vote on the bill. I think that the government wanted bipartisanship. It didn't want a a brawl. It didn't want to have to deal with the crossbench on this one. And the opposition didn't want to be seen to be um, holding up a vote. Now, that's different, of course, from its position, which it still hasn't decided upon or clarified on the substance of the referendum question. But uh, this is all about machinery and uh, I think that the coalition would have looked particularly bad if it was opposing this machinery bill. But there are still discussions going on about the actual substance of the question. And here, the government wants to make some changes to the draft it was originally proposing, and it's negotiating with its own working group on the referendum. So there have been quite a lot of uh, intense discussions on that front and the aim is to introduce legislation for the question next week and that would be then voted on in the budget session of Parliament. Okay Michelle and finally the New South Wales election will be held on Saturday. The polls for some time now have pointed to a narrow victory for the Labor opposition but as with all elections these days it's by no means a fait accompli and no doubt will come down to particular swing in particular seats in particular parts of New South Wales. Do you think the outcome will have any federal implications? 
always a, there's a bit of a flow through, if only in terms of morale, but I think the federal implications are reasonably limited. If Labor wins, then there will be Labor governments everywhere in the country except in Tasmania. Now, at one level, you'd think that uh, that might make a, a difference for federal-state relations, might make the federal government position easier when it deals with the state governments. However, we do know that even governments of the same complexion can uh, argue strongly among themselves. And also the point should be made that Anthony Albanese seems to get on pretty well with Dominic Perrottet, the present Premier, so maybe relations wouldn't be changed all that much. The current New South Wales government is a pretty progressive government, especially on the issue of climate change. So therefore, I think that, as I say, the implications in federal state terms are limited. But the result will be interesting, even apart from the big question, which is who wins, who loses, because one thing to watch will be how the teal candidates perform. Now, after that uh, somewhat stellar performance federally by teal candidates, we saw in Victoria at the state level, there were no teal wins. And so all eyes are on New South Wales. The teals face quite an uphill battle because the uh, electoral system with optional preferential voting doesn't work potentially in their favour and there are spending caps and donation caps in New South Wales which of course there are not federally and we do know that the federal teals benefited by very expensive campaigns. So I think if the teals don't do well I think this will be a bit of a knock for the teal movement. People will say, well, maybe they reached their high point in the federal election and they're on the uh, downhill slide. But on the other hand, if they do do well, it'll be seen as uh, very much a a, a movement that's uh, continuing and still has uh, a lot of air in the balloon. So that's one thing to watch on Saturday night. All right, only a few more days to go and we will watch with interest. Michelle, terrific to talk with you as always. Thanks very much. Thanks, Amanda. Our theme music is by Blue Dot Sessions. You can find more podcasts from The Conversation on our website at theconversation.com. <laughs>